It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Well, hello, Tallahassee. Welcome to 2023. Amazing how quickly all this time has just flown by. When I say that, I just, I'm kind of mystified, actually, because I remember when it was just turning the century, and uh, well, here it is, 23 years later. But welcome today. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show, first edition for 2023. And I hope that you are planning and believing for a wonderful blessed year this year. If you're new to the show, this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and all that God is doing in his glorious kingdom. And uh, I'm just looking with great anticipation for a great move of God in this new year. And I look forward with much hope that God is going to pour out his blessings. And uh, just so you know, I have a few rules on the show. We don't talk sports or politics or doctrine, but we always speak well of one another. And those are the rules that we've had from the very, very beginning as uh, we go into another year of this show. This is show 1,105. So you can imagine been doing this for a while. Actually, this is the 21st year now that we've been involved in bringing uh, the word through talk on four different radio, actually three different radio stations and four or five different formats. Now, actually, it's fourth radio station that have been on the doing the broadcast on. But uh, we've interviewed people from just about every perspective of Christian ministry that you can think of. But it's possible that I have missed one or two, and maybe you are the person who needs to be here, because we usually interview people, and uh, I'm inviting you. If you're involved in Christian ministry in some capacity, uh, be a parachurch or a pastor at church or you're a missionary or you're involved in jail ministry, youth ministry, children's ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry, <laughs> you name it, we'll bring you right here, put you in the chair right across from where I'm at right now, and we'll allow you to talk about your passion for what it is that God is calling you or that you are involved in doing. This is a way for you to be able to tell your story. And uh, I believe that it's very, very important that the church and those who are involved in ministry, we need to tell the story, and we need to tell it and tell it right, because there are others who would love to tell our story for us, but I don't think we're going to always lack the slant that it gets when somebody who is not involved in the work of the ministry they tell the story. They often don't tell it correct. So this is your opportunity. Call me, area code 
Area code 850 Give me a call or send me a text. Let me know what type of ministry you're involved in, and we'll set up a time to pre-record the shows and have them ready. 8 o'clock here on 94.1 on your radio dial. Make sure you join me every Sunday morning for the Gospel on the Radio talk show. Now, I'm also a pastor. I pastor Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We're at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. Visitors are very important to us. We'd love to see you bring the family. That would be a great New Year's resolution. Say, I'm going to be in church. And there are those who are listening, and I know this. You're out of church. Maybe you were involved in church in another town. You moved to Tallahassee. You haven't found a church that you want to be involved with. Please come and worship with us. Visit with us at Freedom Road. I believe you'll enjoy our congregation. We're not large, but we're loving, and we love people, and we love ministry, and um, love visitors. So Sunday mornings, 1105, F-R-C-M dot U.S. That's our website. Give me a call. We'll give you directions. We're um, in between uh, Easterwood Drive. Of course, Easterwood Drive is where you turn in to go into Tom Brown Park there by the National Guard Armory. That's Easterwood. Following toward Park Avenue, look for us on the right-hand side of the road. We'll have our signs out there on Sunday morning. Love to see you. Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle. Northeast. Well, now, since we have not uh, been together for a while, because we had the Christmas show, and, and by the way, had a wonderful live nativity. It went very, very well. This is 43 years we've been doing that here at 526 East 8th Avenue. And a good crowd of people came out and saw it. I believe it was a blessing to a lot of people. That was uh, 16, 17, and 18 from 7 to 9 every evening. And, and I tell you what, it's a beautiful depiction of the story of Jesus. So thank you for all of those who came out. Look for it next year. We'll be doing it again. And, um, well, as we say, the Christmas holidays have come and gone. <laughs> and uh, I hope you enjoyed the Christmas season very, very much. I know my family did. I love getting together with my family. And uh, we just had a wonderful, wonderful time. And, of course, we had the cold weather during that time. But all that's behind us. New Year's is behind us. We're in a new year. And here's the deal. As you remember, last November we had our midterm elections. And we elected a new Congress. And now they have met, and as of the time that I'm recording this show, the things could be changed because we do pre-record. So time Sunday comes here, I hope it's, things have changed. But there are some issues in electing a Speaker of the House. Now you say, Pastor King, why is that uh, so important? Well, you've got to keep in mind that the Speaker of the House is the third in the order 
of the presidency. So if for some reason or another, then uh, the president and the vice president were unable to fulfill their offices, then it would go to the Speaker of the House. But right now, we don't have one. <laughs> and so we're uh, all kind of scratching our head. And this is uh, very unusual. It's not that it's never happened before. There have been other times in history when they were uh, not able to come to the conclusion as to who they wanted to make the Speaker of the House, but it is unusual. And basically, again, I'm just I'm an observer here. I don't claim to be an expert, just an observer. But the new Congress, and I believe this is what the people spoke when they elected a conservative uh, in the conservative movement, and the House is going to change power from one party to another. And I believe it's a message to um, those who, let's say, the, the powers that be from the country. It says, hey, we're going to have to see some different things here because things are not working out well. And, I mean, just think about it. You don't have to give it a whole lot of thought but everybody knows, and you can say, well, it's not happening, but we know it is because everything has all of a sudden become more expensive than it was. Not to mention shortages all across the land. You go into stores and you go, what's happened here? Uh, I, I was at a Walmart not too long ago, and I said, well, it looks like we've just had a hurricane. Because you know what happens when the hurricanes come here in Florida, and then Everybody goes in and just empties out the shelves. Well, it looks like that all the time. And you say, well, things are changed. I mean, we, we have this change. We're, we're dealing with this issue of, of inflation. We're dealing with this issue of the, uh, uh, the borders not being secured. People are just flooding across the borders. As American citizens, we're looking at these things and say, this can't continue. And so the people went to the polls. They voted. And now... We have this change of leadership in the House of Representatives. And the people who are supposedly going to be uh, chairing these different uh, committees, they're saying, hey, we're going to go do some investigations here. And we're going to dig into some of these things, see what's been happening. Because you see, there are things behind the scenes a lot of times that you and I, we're just not aware of. And uh, sometimes we can be a little naive. And I think most American citizens are somewhat naive. But then there comes a time when even those who are naive looks around and says, hey, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't feel right. This, this, there are things that are supposedly becoming the norm that no this can just it's hard to believe that just all of a sudden as a as a country we just begin to say yeah this is cool this is cool this is cool things that used to be no no we would not have embraced these things but all of a sudden it seems to be in vogue but a lot of people are saying no this is not right and so like i say we went to the polls we made our votes. We said, like, want to make a change here. 
But then we have the issue of the electing of the Speaker of the House. And you say, why has this become such a problem? Well, it's simply this. It's that people who would say, hey, things are not right. And we want to know what's going on behind the scenes. We want to do these investigations. And we want to make some changes here. So if you remember, the last time that uh, conservatives had the House of Representatives, even at that time, if you remember, and I, I have a pretty good memory about these type of things, there was uh, some discussion, let's say that way, put it that way, about who was going to be the Speaker of the House. And, uh, of course, Kevin McCarthy, who is the uh, representative from California, he was the one that everybody thought that he would be the one they would choose. But a lot of people said no. And so they ended up with uh, Paul Ryan, who had been the uh, presidential candidate for vice president. So he'd kind of become renowned. <laughs> and so they made him the Speaker of the House. But a lot of the conservative people, conservative congressmen, they were not pleased because the changes and the things that were happening just weren't happening fast enough. And I'm not speaking for myself. I'm speaking it from the historical perspective as I saw it. And so they were not happy. And so I'm just kind of, as the old expression is, I'm just kind of reading the tea leaves here. And say, okay, why are we having this difficulty electing a Speaker of the House? And it's simply this. Is it people who were around back in those days said, hey, we got burned once, and we're not going to do it again. That's just, it's just that simple. And so they're, they're holding to their, their cards, and they're saying, we're just not going to do this. Now, somewhere along the line, somebody's going to blink. They're going to have to. I don't know who it's going to be, but basically what this is, it's a stare down. <laughs> and uh, if you ever, you ever done that with somebody, you just look each other in the eyes and you just stare until somebody says, I can't take this anymore, and they look away. Well, this is where we are. There's, there's a stare down going right now, and uh, I don't know who's going to blink, but uh, whoever it is, Somewhere along the line, it's got to happen. And so, to me, it's just fascinating to, to just be an observer of history and see what's going on. But the stakes, in my opinion, are very high because things are happening. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on in the, in the, the broadcast today. But there are things that are happening that the average uh, individual, such as myself, we don't know what it is, but there's a suspicion. There's a suspicion that something is going on, and uh, it's just not right, and we're concerned. So now you say, well, Pastor King, I heard you just a few minutes ago say that one of our rules is we don't talk politics on this show. But here's the deal. We talk about the church. This show, from the time that I started it back in 1992, 
Um, we said, no, I'm sorry, 1,002. <laughs> Ten years off. 1,002 is when I started this show. And uh, it's always been the same from the very, very beginning. My topic is a church. I talk about the church. So when I talk about things like this, I'm saying, how does this affect the church? How is the church being impacted by things that are going on in Washington? Well, I think the church is being impacted greatly. Now, last Sunday morning, speaking to my congregation at uh, Freedom Road, and um, I kind of deviated from my norm. Uh, I'm, I'm a Bible teacher. Most of the time, I'm just teaching the Word. But Sunday, I told them, I said, look, New year, new perspective. I just want to share some things with you. And I talked to my congregation about things that we may not be happy about. I'm talking about as an individual. And I, I mentioned about the the whole immigration thing, about the, the illegals it's just flooding across that border. And, boy, I saw the expressions on the faces of my congregation. Boy, they're, they're tuned in. They don't like it. But I told them, I said, look, it doesn't matter whether we like it or we don't like it. Our job, our responsibility, we are the church. Our role in all of this is to minister to the people, minister to their physical needs and their spiritual needs. Many times you can touch people spiritually if you help them with their physical needs. If there are somebody or, or, or there is somebody that shows up at Freedom Road and be they legal, be they not legal, we're going to minister Christ to them. And we're going to minister the love of Jesus. And we're going to help them where we can. Now, our resources are very limited. But what I'm simply saying is we're not controlled by the politics of this land. Our mission as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is to love people and to minister the love of God and to minister the salvation message wherever we can. That does not change. No matter what the government does, does not change our role does not change our mission. Our mission remains the same. That is simply this, to let people know that Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary to die on the cross for the sins of humanity and for all those who will receive that message. But listen to this. This is about Paris. The song says, Blue Skies are coming. Listen real close. There are blue skies coming any day. Now, I want to read you this scripture that they were singing about in the song. This is a 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 8. We are troubled on every side. Yet, not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, 
but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And I think it's fascinating the way the Perrys intermingled that scripture or those scriptures in with the song that say, hey, blue skies are coming. And uh, they said in the song, this is a, we see lightning, but blue skies, clear skies are on the way. Things will get better. Things can get better. Now, I applaud those who pursue these things from the political perspective because many times the actions that people take, the things that they do, does help to make the situation better. But from the perspective of the church, our role is to be the spiritual leaders, and prayer is our weapon of war. Prayer is our weapon of war. Did you hear what I said? Prayer is our weapon of war. We have great power through our prayers. And blue skies are coming because the people of God are on their faces before God and we're praying that God will make things right. And he will. Because we're the church. We're the church. We're the we're the the institution that Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. We are the church. And as you Many of you are on your way to church this morning. Let me give you a whole new perspective as you go to the house of worship. Because so often we go and it's just routine. But perhaps maybe if we went with a heart of prayer and a heart of determination that at this service today, things are going to be different. Because I'm praying I'm praying for the pastor. I'm praying for the music leaders. I'm praying for those who are involved in the ministry. I'm praying for each and every one who walks through the doors of this church that God would just allow his Holy Spirit to just develop or envelop each and every one, that we would all be stirred by the very presence of God in our churches. And um, I'm telling you, <laughs> There's great power in this reality. Now, I'm going to make a little announcement for you here. The last Sunday here on the broadcast, I re-aired a wonderful show that we did with uh, Ronnie and Keisha Parrish from up in Bainbridge, Georgia. They're gospel singers. Great. <laughs> and uh, Keisha is now doing a solo career. Ronnie has had some health problems and had to step out of the ministry. And uh, so Keisha is, as I say, doing a solo ministry. And she was scheduled to be at the American Legion last Sunday night. And so that's why I re-aired that show last Sunday, just to kind of give you a heads up. And uh, I don't know, uh some of you probably know more than I do. All I know is that I went over there Sunday night and there was a sign on the door saying that uh, it had been postponed. I don't know why I have not uh, called the uh, the Powell's uh, 
to find out why I just haven't. And um, I got there, and I said, well, there are other people here, and they were had everything all decorated up, and I'm going, this don't look like a gospel sing to me. And then I noticed the note on the door because the door was was ajar, and uh, so the note was was kind of not where you'd see it visibly, but I saw that there was a note on the door, so I walked around to the other side of the door and read it, and it said, Gospel Sing had been postponed, and it's postponed until the 22nd of January. So I'm just making that announcement. Uh, that's what the note said. It's 22nd of January uh, with Kisha. They said the same guest would be there. So Kisha Parrish will be there on the 22nd, of January, then I'm assuming that it will go right on with the uh, first Sunday night of the month on, in February, as far as I know. Like I say, I have not talked to anybody who's um, has charge of it. I'm just passing on what I know. And what I know is from what I read on the note that it had been postponed last Sunday night, could be rescheduled or rescheduled for the 22nd of January with Kisha Parish. So now you are up to speed. And while I'm talking about gospel music, hey, don't forget, <laughs> Saturday night, Gospel Sing. That's uh, another show that I do. It also airs here on 94.1. It's 7 o'clock on Saturday nights. Now, by the time that this show airs on Sunday, then of course, the uh, Saturday Night Gospel Sing will have happened on Saturday, and that's when we do the countdown. Because every year I determine what is Pastor King's favorite song that we played during the year on the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. And uh, that will be revealed this Saturday night. So you won't. Well, you'll probably know this by that time if you tune into the show. What is Pastor King's favorite show? But anyway, every Saturday night, 7 o'clock, here on 94.1, is the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. And then Monday through Friday at 11 o'clock, it's the daily broadcast. And that's the Gospel on the Radio broadcast. And that's a daily Bible teaching of the Word of God. Well, I guess that you are aware that we reelected our governor, Governor DeSantis, and we had the inauguration and uh, another four years. And I just want to take some time just to uh, just thank the Lord for this great governor that uh, we've had for the last four years. Now, I've appreciated a lot of our governors. I, I love Governor Bush. Uh, uh, I thought he was just just, just great. <laughs> and and uh, you know, I've just, I just appreciate people who uh, just have shows good leadership. And uh, and the thing is that we have been blessed here in the state of Florida with some great governors over the years, and um, I'm thankful for that. Um, I appreciate Brother Scott. I thought he did a great job. He's doing a great job as a senator. Um, but here's the thing. We went through some pretty tough years during the uh, time of Governor DeSantis. And he led this state through this whole COVID situation. Um, this is my opinion, better than anybody. 
And uh, he stood up. He stood up for us. See, I was one of those who uh, just did not believe in the whole mask thing. I just just didn't. I, I heard what the the um, people who were in charge, uh, Mr. Fauci and these different ones, and in the beginning they said, oh, no, there's nothing to it. I heard that, and all of a sudden I'm hearing something different. I don't know what caused them to change their minds, but I just never believed that this piece of cloth is going to protect you from this this virus. If it's out there and you're around somebody, you're going to get it. <laughs> it's just That's just common sense to me. So I just never was one to want to do it, and I didn't do it. <laughs> and uh, I was ordered out of a few places, and if somebody said, well, you got to leave, then I left. But Governor DeSantis, he stood up for people like me, and uh, he stood up for a lot of things that caused this state to be able to continue to progress when other states were just absolutely just shut down, and thus uh, the expression was coined, the uh, free state of Florida. And people were coming down here just to get a break. And he said, Pastor King, how do you know that? Because I know them. I met people. They said that we just had to get out of the state that we're in, just to go to Florida where we could just breathe a little bit and just sense a sense of freedom. And, and uh, when there would be those who would try to, Pull some of these shenanigans. Our governor stood up, and he stood against it. And uh, that's one of the reasons why he is so popular. And, uh, I mean, almost won the election almost, by almost 20 points, which is just un, unheard of in this day and time. And uh, now people are saying, well, governor, you, you're going to run for president? I have no idea. But I tell you this, this is my belief, that if he does, he'll make a great one. I believe he'll be one of the greatest. Uh, just just my opinion. Because I've seen what he did for the state of Florida and has done for the state of Florida and will continue to do so as long as he's governor. And uh, the way he stood for us as a state, I believe he'll stand like that for our country. So but here's the deal. Remember, my approach, I'm not here to do politics. I'm here to talk about the church. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Church, we need to pray for this man because there's a lot of reasons why we need to pray for him. First of all, we need to just pray for his protection. We need to pray that there would just be a hedge about him and his family. And we need to pray that he would not be in any way corrupted in his own mind and own heart. Because we know we're all human. And humans are always vulnerable to the attack of the enemy. So we need to pray for him. We need to pray for his family. Now, his wife has had some... Uh, physical problems if I understand this correctly things are much had been much much better for them on those fronts but they've 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 dealt with these things we need to pray for them and I father God in the name of Jesus Lord I just hold our governor before you and I pray God that you would you would just give him wisdom 
Lord God, that you would lead and guide him. And Lord God, that you would protect him and his family. And Lord, we pray for his health. And God, that you would just continue to lead this man. As he's led this state, Father God, we just give you glory and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we look to the future and we say, okay, um, we are believing that God's going to do some good things this year, 2023, for our country, and that the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will awaken, just awaken, and that we'll see just God just move across this land and just understand God's ability to just make changes. And I'm just I'm just holding on with a hope, believing that God's gonna do a great thing in 2023. When they signed the old the pass. declaration, they knew that it would cost them everything. They said, freedom only comes really from God. And we hold these truths. This is the church. We are really the army of God. One of the things that, that I've been intrigued by, just, just again, of just observing history as it plays out before me here, um, the football player that... Um, Ended up having a heart, his heart stop during a football game, and I, I, I don't, I'm not getting into names and names of teams because that's not what it's all about. But this happened. A football player was involved in a play, and it was it was on the laying on the ground, and I, I heard the uh, commentary from the people up in the booth, and they they didn't know. They just saw that he was hurt. They weren't even sure who the player was, and they finally identified him, and then they realized that this is something unusual. And it turns out that uh, his heart stopped, and they had to resuscitate him. They brought him back to life. Well, here's the thing that uh, struck me. Well, first of all, we know that uh, both coaches agreed that they would not continue to game the game, which which I think that's fine. I, I probably should have been done. But what I was uh, took note of, I was listening to one of the college games. Um, on the radio, actually on on the internet, <laughs> and uh, player was uh, taken off the field, and I've not heard any more about him, um, but it, I got the impression it might have been a spinal cord injury, and I've not heard anything more about that. But they continued that game, and I always think that's strange. It's hard for the people at the booth to just keep on going and say, "Well, this this person just was just taken off, and we don't know whether." He's going to be able to walk again or whatever, and then just go and play ball. <laughs> but that didn't happen this time. They they suspended the game. But here's my point: was it they all agreed that they would gather and pray, and I think that's wonderful. I'm all for that. I remember um, back in 2001 with the uh, what called 911 when the towers were attacked. And um, people went to the church. They had a, they had the church service there in the Washington Cathedral. 
And uh, that was a powerful time. The president uh, declared a time of prayer, which is right. That's what should happen. But so often, it just seems like that you're hearing this in the news. You're hearing it uh, all over the land. Well, prayer is not relevant anymore. The church is not relative. God is not relative anymore until we find a time like this, and all of a sudden it's time to pray. Well, I'm glad that people come to prayer, but I'm here to tell you something. God is not dead. God is very much alive. The church is still alive, and prayer still works. (laughs) And I'm just declaring that prayer still works. And I know that there is a movement afoot to cripple the church. I say there is an attack on the Bible. There's an attack upon the Word of God. There's an attack upon the church. And uh, and I do believe that there is an attack against people who say they are Christians. And I'm talking about a real Christian who believes the Bible and believes what the Bible teaches and is not kowtowed by society. We believe what the Word of God says. And uh, (laughs) um, I've got more to say about all this, but right now I want to share another song with you because this is Ernie Haas' signature sound, and they're saying, I just want to get a glimpse, and that's what I want to talk about. Trying to get a glimpse of what's over on the other side. That's Ernie Haas and signature sound here today on the Gospel on the Radio talk show. And uh, before we went to the song, I told you I've got more to say on all this because it's the old thing about want to get a glimpse. Just want to get a glimpse. You see, I am a person who is naturally curious. <laughs> and uh, the old expression says, curiosity killed the cat. Well, I'm just, I'm just curious about things. And uh, I'm not one that always just takes things at face value. I want to know what's, what's behind the curtain. I want to be Toto. I want to go pull that curtain back, and I want to reveal the band behind the curtain. Well, I believe that there are some things going on behind the curtain in our country that's uh, there's there's something there's something that's that's happening. Because I just refuse to believe that just all of a sudden that things that they say, well, this is this is the way we believe now in America. And I just know I just don't accept that. So I've been reading this book and uh, it takes place uh, uh, back in the 50s. A reporter that uh, he discovered a man that had been uh, had taken his life. Uh, because he was a reporter. And this man happened to have been in a concentration camp, and he had kept memoirs. And uh, he hid his memoirs in uh, 
paper that was wrapped around his feet because they were so desperate for shoes they'd used whatever and so the 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 enemy they just thought that well that's just stuff that he's using to keep his feet warm but actually he was hiding memoirs and then when he when all this was over and he was no longer there in the in the camp he began to just write his memoirs out from the notes that he'd kept and uh so this man this reporter found out about this guy he he had taken his life and so he made it his business to reveal the commandant of this uh, camp but in the process of doing this he finds out that there is there's a very was a very organized system that had been established to keep these people from coming to justice and there were things going on behind the scenes that that actually had to do with changing the attitudes of the people propaganda well I believe that there's things going on by some powerful people that are very intentional and a lot of it is designed to change the people's minds. In other words, to make something seem real that's not really real. And I do believe that we're experiencing these things in our country. And one of the things that I would like to see happen, <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious, most of the time I'm an optimist, but then there's a certain part of me that says, you know, these things just never go well. And, uh, and I'm talking specifically about um, these investigations that are supposedly going to be taking place in the House uh, of, of Congress. And um, I don't know. It just seems like that these things just never go well because um, people who are good at, at uh, propaganda and persuasion are very, very good at it. And a lot of times people who are just trying to just just dig out the truth don't have a clue what they're doing. And that just seems to be the pattern. And so I'm optimistic, but yet I have a little bit of pessimism to go with it, to think, well, will these investigations really accomplish anything? Now, I sure hope they do. But I, I I keep myself reserved and refuse to allow my hopes to get up very high because I just know how these things go. That's just the way, from my experience in the years that I have watched and observed, this is just kind of the way it goes. But we'll see. We'll see. But here's the thing. Going back to the church, is that our role is to get on our face before God to pray for the land, pray for the people, pray for our, those who are in government, pray for our spiritual leaders because we need the spiritual leaders of our country to stand up and proclaim the truth and just proclaim the gospel without any intimidation, without any fear, 
Don't worry about what somebody's going to say about you. Just stand up and proclaim that Jesus Christ is a son of God and that there is a God who will pour out his spirit across the land if we cry out to him. You read the Old Testament and you see how the ebb and flow was when the people would just abandon God. Situations would become very dire. But when the people woke up and they began to cry out to God, God would begin to move and things would happen and there'd be that spiritual awakening. And that's, Lord, Give us that spiritual awakening. Listen to the 11th hour, the name of the group. They're singing, Wake the Lamb. You ought to be a big hearty amen coming all across the Big Bend area of Florida. The cars, people going to church, you listen and you heard the song, Wake the Lamb. Church, it's time to rally. And, uh, Shout it from the mountains, they said. Shout it from the mountains that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we need to say it with pride and a self-assurance that Jesus Christ is the answers, is the answer to all that ails us. Remember, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then will I hear from heaven, and I will heal their land. You see, that's, that's our perspective as a church. You know, the politics are going to take care of the politics. Our work is in the spiritual world. Our work is spiritual, and that's where we need to approach it, on our face before God, crying out to God, and being what Jesus described when he said, when you did this to the least of these, you did it unto me. And that if people come to our shores, then we minister to them. And we minister the love of Jesus because that's who we are as a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, to me, it's the most beautiful, wonderful work that a human could find themselves involved in. And that's the work of ministry and of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father God, I pray today. Lord, I pray for this uh, this football player. Lord God, that you would touch him. I pray for his family. And again, I pray for Governor DeSantis and his family and for those who lead us. Father God, for just uh, people who have responsibilities. Father, I pray for them. And Lord, I pray for our spiritual leaders. I pray for our pastors, God, for our churches. And Father, for the family, the families of America. And Father God, I pray there be peace in this world. And I pray over this year, 2023, that we'd see the hand of God move. As they said, wake the land. And we do pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.